When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You, you can follow us on Twitter Stove at Sports Stove. If this is your first Stover. time listening to the Sports Today's Stove episode podcast, of the Sports Stove podcast is brought to you by IPM episodes, Pest and Termites. Find out more information Major League Baseball about Central Kentucky's and neighborhood some pest professionals. Things as visit well. myipm.com. But until next time, we will see We're you around Sports Stove. We're also sponsored by RA Stove. Marketing, helping financial advisors get the leads that they need for their business. Go radigital.com. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast, an NFL preview with Brad Taylor from the bottom line with Brad Taylor on ESPN Lexington. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. Welcome into the Sports Stove Podcast today. Joining us on the RA Marketing guest hot seat today is friend Brad Taylor. Brad Taylor is the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock on ESPN Radio Lexington 1392.5. So if you're in Central Kentucky, make sure you tune in every Sunday to listen to Brad. Brad, thanks for being on with us today. Vince Stover, uh, you have hit the big time. You have a sponsor for your podcast. You did not have that the last time I was on this show. You have now officially hit the big time. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here on the Sports Stove Podcast. Well, it's good to be with you today. I know I got to join your podcast a number of times before you made it big time onto the radio. And uh, But today we're talking the NFL. NFL preview. We're finally back at football season after all the chaos of the spring and summer. We have made it, uh, well, almost made it, to Thursday for kickoff, Houston and Kansas City. And today we're talking all things NFL. And Brad is the only friend that I have, at least that I know of, that gambles. And because of that, Brad is one of the most unbiased opinions that I've ever talked to when it comes to sports. So I thought he'd be a good guest to have on today. Brad, let me ask you this before we get started with, with all the football talk. What can the line, uh, the, we're talking about win totals, over-unders, what can the line teach us about a team going into the season? Well, life's about expectations. And when you have, you know, a lot of these times when you see these lines, nine and a half, ten, those are kind of the best. Six and a half, six, those are kind of the worst. Anything higher or lower than that, you're really going up a tree you don't want to go up. But my thing, and for these win totals, that's what we're going to talk about today, eight is the magic number. Kind of like seven is the magic number at the craps table. Eight is the magic number in the NFL. It's the halfway number of games. The NFL, a league of parity, not parody, but parity. <laughs> So when I when I look at these win totals, I'm looking for win totals under eight that teams will be overachieving to get over, and then teams with totals over eight 
teams will underachieve and go under. So it's kind of a magic Mendoza line than number eight in NFL win totals. All right. So before we get to the win totals exactly, let, we've talked on your podcast back a year or more ago. Uh, you had a, someone tell you one time about their their team was just fired up, and that's why they were going to be successful because they're fired up. Well, fired up teams sometimes do come up with some momentum. This is a weird season, no uh, preseason games, so just strictly going off of practice and uh, what they've seen in their camps. But there are some teams this year that might be a little fired up because of changes that were made in the off season. So, out of the teams that are in the NFL, what team do you think has the most motivation I guess coming into the season I think of teams like New England because they've got Cam and don't have Tom Brady anymore then you flip that to Tampa who now you have Tom Brady you've got Green Bay who uh, drafted traded up to draft a quarterback so Aaron Rodgers a little fired up this year you've got Cleveland who was horrible last year after great expectations and so they're fired up to prove prove everybody wrong who do you think is the most fired up team so to say in the NFL this year a lot of times when you see the fired-up teams, <laughs> teams with a new coach, mm-hmm. are they going to come in and overachieve and exceed expectations, or are they still in this rebuilding projects? I look at a couple of teams, definitely. Carolina Panthers, new coach Matt Rule. You've got a quarterback change also, Teddy Bridgewater. And it's not like they were terrible before, before all their, their fall happened. when They were, they just made the Super Bowl four years ago. Yeah. So it's not like they're totally horrible. So I look at a team like Carolina. I also look at a team like the New York Giants. They have a coach. They have a new quarterback. They're trying to be on the rise. They have a total of five and a half. Those are two teams with new coaches that I look at as teams with a win total of under eight that could go over the total very easily this season. All right, so let's get into the win totals. Uh, let's start with some teams that you like uh, to go over this year and what, what the, they've been given out in the desert, as you like to say, for their win total. Big fan of the Arizona Cardinals this year. You got Cliff Kingsbury. Is he a proven coach in college? No, but somehow he got an NFL job. But it's all about Kyler Murray. You've got a team last year. They averaged 22.6 points a game. And they had DeAndre Hopkins, who signed a big, huge contract this week. Now you've got a team on the rise. I look at the rest of the teams in that division, the Rams, the Seahawks. They may be on the way down. So now Arizona, their window of opportunity open. They're at seven by my numbers. I don't know what they are by yours over there. I'll take Arizona to get over and maybe hit the 500 mark. That's, that's one team I'm really looking at this year, the Arizona Cardinals. I love Arizona this year. I'm a huge DeAndre Hopkins fan. He's helped me in fantasy football for many years. And uh, excited for that move. I think you adding great talent to Kyler Murray, who's shown that he can throw the football. He was the most accurate deep ball passer last season in the NFL. I'm not sure that I trust Kingsbury a whole lot. But uh, Arizona's got enough talent on offense to be very, very good. And uh, I've got them at 10 wins, actually, this year. I've got them on the over as well. Ooh, that's a lot. It's, it's a lot of wins. So, Can you, uh, Drake, top 10 fantasy player this year? I don't think so. I think he might even lose out a little bit to Chase Edmonds really? m- moving throughout the season. Um, but all- I know with the, uh, <laughs> I was playing in some <clears throat> big money fantasy leagues uh, a couple weeks ago. He was going first round, end of the first round in all those leagues. So he was a top 10 to 15 pick, literally in every league. There's a lot of expectation for him because of the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. And they've already got Kirk and Fitzgerald still out there. Uh, some other young guys as well. But, uh, you know, Arizona's going to, that's going to, 
open it up a bit for Kenyon Drake. He's going to have the opportunity, but if he doesn't really take that opportunity in the first couple of weeks, I think he's going to lose out at least some carries. He'll still, I don't think he'll be a top 10 fantasy running back, in my opinion, at least. Um, I wouldn't feel safe drafting him in the first round. <laughs> uh, who you got that's a, that's a big under this year? One of my favorite unders this year, the Buffalo Bills. And a lot of people are going to look at this team, oh, we've got a young quarterback. We've got a team on the rise. Well, I can't get over the fact that they won 10 games last year and still scored less than 20 points a game. And when you have a situation like that, a lot of times the next year, the football gods, the karma police come out, and then they'll that win total will go down. And do you really tr- trust Josh Allen to win you 11 games this year? Well, to win you 9 games this year. I can't do it, especially when they won so many close games last year. Buffalo is a team I look at and say, this is a team that may not even finish 500. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, not for real. Give me the under with Buffalo. I'm a big Buffalo fan this year. I've got them at nine wins. Uh, Josh Allen is definitely the biggest question mark, maybe the biggest question mark in the NFL. Uh, They've done some things to try to help them out. They bring in another running back in uh, Zach Moss in the draft. They bring in the receiver, Stephon Diggs. On the outside, the one thing Josh Allen can do when it comes to throwing is he can chuck it deep. And now he's got two receivers and Brown and Diggs that can just run and outrun a lot of DBs in the league. And so that they've built on his strength. I think this shows a sign of good coaching, good team building. They understand where he's weak at. They know where they're weak at. And so they've added to it. Yes or no? You trust Josh, Josh Allen? No. No. So this is about everything else because last year, just by looking at this team, it felt like they just coached this team up, so to speak. To use a cliche, we coached them up. It just felt like they were a very well-disciplined team, and they won despite the fact that Josh Allen was very inconsistent. Yeah, they put Josh Allen in a place to succeed. Um, They did so last year, and they've done it more so this year. So if he fails this year... It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Now you're looking for a new quarterback in Buffalo. But they've done everything. Do you think they replace him? First-round draft pick? This early? It depends on how the season goes, obviously. But, I mean, if he's the reason that they don't uh, at least contend for the division, then I don't see how they don't begin to look at what's next. They may not lose them next year, but they're going to start looking. They're going to be where Chicago was this last year. They're not going to pick up the options with Mitch. You know, that kind of stuff. Josh Allen's going to be in that boat. Okay, well, he's an okay quarterback. He might get us seven to eight wins a year, but we can do better than that. So we got to start looking for that next guy in Buffalo. But I think, I would say, I think it's a better chance he succeeds this year than doesn't. You look at him this coming year. You look at that first month especially. They start averaging less than 20 points a game like they did last year. Now you're going to see some panic set in. That's why I'm going on the under. I know we disagree on this one. You're going to Riverside me and take the over (laughs) on this one. We agree to disagree. I just don't see Buffalo having two consecutive years. Even though we all can agree New England is down this year in that tough division, quote-unquote. Yeah, I don't think that Buffalo comes out over 500 because I simply don't trust Josh Allen in that offense. 
Yeah, I think, you know, the the uh, East, in the AFC East, is really kind of a tricky division this year when you're looking at it. Because New England, without Cam Newton, New England, I personally thought they were going to be a six-win team. They bring in Cam Newton, I've got them at ten wins now, winning the division. And so they, it really changes the outlook for both Buffalo and the Jets because what looked like they might have uh, a race to the to the finish now looks like, well, they're still competing pretty hard against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And you make a great segue, Vince Dover. This is why you're one of the best in the business. <laughs> one of my favorite over teams, the New York Jets. They're sitting at 6-5. and five. They won six of their last eight games last year. Sam Darnold, third, uh, his third year now, 13-4 to four, touchdown to interception ratio in his last eight games last year. This is a team, you can say all you want to about Adam Gase, but the talent on this team is going to overcome his craziness. Give us the Jets over the six and a half. They have really built up a. They were big, big in the passing game, bad in the rushing game last year. They're going to have a little bit more Le'Veon Bell this year to, to tend with. The Jets over one of our favorite picks here on the bottom line. Not the sports stove, apparently. <laughs> well, and I think you know, again, the Jets tried to improve in the off season. They bring they draft an offensive lineman, which should help the running game a bit. Um, I think you answered this question and just your comments here over the last couple minutes. But would you rather have Josh Allen or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. I don't think it's close because I know Josh Allen's the better runner. But if I'm going to say down the road three, five years from now, which one of these quarterbacks do I want? I want a drop back passer like Sam Darnold. That's not to say Josh Allen can't become one. It's just I haven't seen it yet. All right. Very good. Uh, that's the AFC East, really. What's Miami going to do this year? Miami is – that's a tough one. You talk about <laughs> AFC East being tough. When does Tua play? We've already been told uh, Fitzpatrick is going to start opening day. Yeah. When does Tua start? Are they, are they going to tank again this year and just play Tua from the beginning and go forward after that? I have no idea. The wise guys in the deserts really like Miami to go over their total. I don't necessarily because I don't know if Tua will play and how much he will play. How long will Fitzpatrick play? That's the big question for me. But you have to look at Miami as a team on the rise in that division. Yeah, I think last year they overachieved. Because everyone thought they were tanking for Tua, and well, they didn't, and they still got him. <laughs> but but now you're sitting here. What do you have the line at for Miami? Six. That's what I've got it at too. Uh, I've got them only winning three games. That's going on the assumption that they do the smart thing. At least I think it's smart and sit Tua the entire year. Let Fitzpatrick play this out. And I think that they'll be in games just because I think they're well coached. Um, but I think this year you still want to lose to add another good piece to your team next year to begin building for the future with Tua as your quarterback. You have to look at them. They were fortunate to win as many as they went last year. Oh, yeah. Won last year because their point differential was the worst in all of football. <laughs> but they went out this offseason and they signed a like 10 to 12 free agents, many of whom will be starting this year. Yeah. So when you look at the Dolphins, new quarterback, several new free agents in town, you don't really know where this team's going, especially when you haven't been able to see them in the preseason. This is one of the teams. Right. We're going to talk about one week when we get to the local team. We don't know what to expect from them, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, and I think um, 
you know, Miami is definitely a team. They don't have a very easy schedule this year either. And so looking at that and looking at the division they're in, New England, they're going to be hard to beat New England, but they beat them last year. Uh, I think Buffalo's going to give them fits. I think the Jets are going to get better than they were last year, having Darnold all year if he, you know, stays healthy and doesn't, uh, kiss, kiss the wrong people again and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's a tough division. I've got it. New England, Buffalo, uh, the Jets, and then Miami to round it out and uh, continuing to build with high draft picks. Belichick coach of the year? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think had he done, had he had a good season without Cam Newton, then definitely. But I think right. adding Cam, it kind of puts that point on. I think there's going to be some other guys that are going to have quite the year, maybe surprise teams that come he up. He loses Brady and eight guys just said, you know what, we're scared of the virus, we don't want to play. Yes, but he also takes a lot of credit for, for everything that's gone on. So uh, I think it's harder for him to win this year because I do think there's going to be some other teams that really step up. And being with all the COVID stuff, right. any new coach has the upper hand because they've got players they didn't know before. Um, those kinds of things as well. I think it could be a tough year for Bill Belichick. And now he's getting a little fancy doing commercials and stuff. So I, he's he's not even thinking about football anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Let's move on. Uh, AFC North, they've got s- some interesting teams in the AFC North. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Uh, you've got uh, Lamar Jackson has been a highlight uh, the last two years. You've got Ben Roethlisberger coming back in Pittsburgh. Cleveland has all the same talent with the new coach since he has the number one overall pick. What do you, what do you like going on between those teams? Not a big fan of any of these choices in the in the North, other than possibly the Steelers. And a lot of people are banking on Roethlisberger, who only got two two starts last year. But his days, his best days, are obviously behind him. I don't think that this team really improves a whole lot with Roethlisberger coming back, especially at his age. Do we think that uh, I saw him in the offseason? He had a nice little belly on him. <laughs> belly looks about like mine does right now. But I'm not a professional athlete like Roethlisberger is trying to be. I don't see this team getting to. I have the number at nine. If you're telling me they have to win ten to beat me, I kind of like going under on that one. I like Pittsburgh's schedule this year. So I've got them at 11 wins. Um, I think if Roethlisberger's healthy, I mean, you look at that team last year. They brought in Mason Rudolph, who got hit with his own helmet. Then they bring in Duck Hodges. Um, it seems just like to sell some tickets. They were no good with those quarterbacks. Actually, those quarterbacks were so bad that they bring back Josh Dobbs, who they traded away because they thought, oh, we've got Mason Rudolph. We'll be fine. Now they bring back Dobbs, claim him off of waivers to have him in there because they don't think they trust Mason Rudolph. And obviously, Duck Hodges got cut. He's on the practice squad. But nonetheless, he's not there anymore. I think Roethlisberger makes a big difference for this Pittsburgh team. And, uh, you know, they're just a, they are that steady. And in a season like we're coming into, with no no preseason, that consistency is going to matter, especially early in the season. And so they could get off to a hot start, which will help them uh, down the road. But the division is only getting harder uh, for them this year. And, I mean, I think Cleveland takes a step forward this year. I think my theory has always, when you hire a new coach with an offensive mind, that first season they're there is going to be their best season. They're going to come out hot. They're going to – the defenses are going to have to make adjustments. So in the early part of the season, they're not going to know them. I always go back to Chicago with Nagy, his first season. Oh, wow, the Bears are great. Well, the defense was incredible. And then they dropped off drastically the next year. And uh, and so 
I look at Cleveland making a step forward this year. Cincinnati's still nothing to be dealt with at this point in the division. They will get better here in the next season or two, as I love the talent that they've they've got on offense as well. How can you trust Joe Burrow? We haven't seen him. Right. We haven't. There's no preseason. His offensive coordinator at LSU went to Carolina. His junior year at LSU, Joe Burrow wasn't exactly great shakes. <laughs> no, he, wasn't. he was just he was a guy. <laughs> Nobody was saying before last season, wow, this Joe Burrow kid's an NFL prospect. Nobody was saying that. Then all of a sudden he has the best season in the history of college football. And now, when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. With his offensive coordinator gone, and let's just face it, the talent he had at LSU might be a little bit better than the talent he has around him at Cincinnati. So you have to look at it. Do you really trust Joe Burrow off of one season with an offensive coordinator that's out of town? I don't know if I can, especially early. So I, I can't tell, take the Bengals, even though they're at five and a half. I can't take them to win six. Yeah, no, I can't either this year. And I think there's a couple things. So they've got some talent on offense. Joe Mixon is good if he can stay healthy. Uh, they bring in Higgins, the rookie wide receiver out of Clemson, who I loved coming out of Clemson. They've got Auden Tate, who's done decent. They've got A.J. Green. If he can stay healthy, they can at least That's throw it to him in the red F. zone. Yeah, I have no idea about their offensive line. I haven't studied that out. have no clue how good they are on the offensive line. The defense is still questionable as well. The coach, Zach Taylor, uh, Zach Taylor I believe, right? Yes, no and, relation. Um, you know, how many games do they have to win for Zach Taylor to keep his job? Well, they were two and fourteen last year, but they went seven and nine against the spread. And what that tells me that they lived up to expectations because the people out in the desert knew they didn't have a whole lot, so they basically played up to the expectations they were supposed to, using that in, in air quotes, supposed to play up to. So, do I see this team improving a whole great deal this year? Not really. Because you know they can bring in all the talent they want, and they have a rookie quarterback who hasn't taken a snap even in an exhibition game. I just don't see it with the Bengals, especially in year one, especially in September and October. I think the biggest thing to watch for in Cincy, as far as the coaching goes, let's say Carolina goes nuts on offense this year. Mm-hmm. Barry there as offensive coordinator. Cincinnati, let's say they get three, four wins. I mean, you could see them fire and Taylor to hire Barry, bring him in, match him up with Burrow again and see if he can create some magic in Cincinnati. But the real question is, why didn't the Bengals, who are known for spending nothing, why didn't they get Joe Brady to come up there and be their offensive coordinator? Great question. And then you wouldn't have to worry about all this. You'd have a quarterback who knew exactly what it was expected of him in that offense, and then you don't get it because Zach Taylor is some offensive wunderkind, and you know we can't go out and hire a 
offensive coordinator and pay him big money. Yep, and Cincinnati has been known to keep a coach too long, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> as well. All right, let's move on. AFC South is a really intriguing uh, division, I think, in the NFL. Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Tennessee. I've got a, a one team dropping way off this year, and maybe, well, not a surprise anymore, but what do you like about the AFC South or dislike about the AFC South? AFC South for several years now has been one where you don't really kind of have a feel on it. You know, it's one that I don't look at it and say, well, maybe, maybe not. I look at a team like Houston. How are they only seven and a half? Is, is DeAndre Hopkins work that much? Well, I don't know. How do I look at a team like Tennessee and the Colts? They're both at eight and a half. Do I really want to go under on either one of those? I don't know about that one. Do I trust Phillip Rivers and the Colts? I don't know. Phillip Rivers. I I just can't picture him with the Colts. These, these are four teams, and Jacksonville are obviously tanking. Yeah. So, you know, when you get to, What's the number on Jacksonville? Can you, I've got a four and a half. Do you really think Jacksonville is going to win four? Do you want to bet on that? Well, that's probably a decent bet. This is a division I'm going to pass on probably anybody, but if I had to lean anyway, I'd probably go under either the Colts or the Titans or maybe both of them because do you think – that Tannehill and Rivers can live up to expectations for those two teams. One of those teams is not going to win nine games. I'll promise you that. I love Indianapolis this year. Their offensive line is stout. They've added wide receiver help for T.Y. Hilton. They've got a good tight end. Their defense is pretty good as well. And Phillip Rivers, you know, you you can't trust anything that you hear from the team because they're all going to say, you know, oh, he's great, he's great. Um, But listening to players, uh, ex-players, who have been watching practices and things like that, they're really impressed with him, how he controls the huddle, how he handles the team, the locker room, things like that as well. I think Indiana, and they drafted, uh, you know I was high on Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, the running back. They bring him in as well to add him to a, a decent backfield already. I love what Indianapolis has done uh, they're Houston. Um, if they're, you've got them at what, seven and a half? Is that what you said? Yes. They're going to go over that. And, and this is the craziest thing. Bill O'Brien is what I would consider to be probably the worst GM out there right now in the NFL. Yet every year, Houston's in contention for the division and getting into the playoffs. Deshaun Watson is great. Uh, he's a phenomenal quarterback. Now, they lose what might be the best receiver in the NFL, but they do bring in Brandon Cooks, who has some ability and some talent. Plus, they had some other wide receivers, when healthy, that were decent. Is David Johnson going to be a great running back again? I can't trust that. The defense isn't great either, so I'm not real sure. But I think 7.5 is low, and I'm down on Tennessee. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill's not going to be able to keep up what he was doing last year. Wasn't he like the best or most efficient quarterback in the last seven games of the yes. season or something like that last year? I just I can't see Ryan Tannehill being a guy that can beat out Phil Rivers and Deshaun Watson in the division. And so for that reason... I just I think Tennessee's dropping. I'd go under on them, uh, but I have been known to be kind of skeptical of Tennessee anyhow. So maybe I'm not the most unbiased opinion on Tennessee. In talking about Ryan Tannehill, let me ask you this: Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Okay. Yeah. Me Easy. Too. Yeah. I don't think that's. I don't even think that's an issue. We I, and you talk about the quarterbacks in that division. Uh, when I look at Tannehill. Did he ever do anything at Miami? He was a guy. You know, he, he was okay, but he was never top level. Then all of a sudden he goes to Tennessee, and like you said, the second half of last year, he's the most efficient quarterback in the league. 
did he did a light come on? Did he all of a sudden find the fountain of youth? Uh, eventually, he was what he was. If you watched that championship game against um, Kansas City last year, you saw the second half of that game. They couldn't complete passes, right. and it wasn't like Kansas City was you know the uh, eighty five <laughs> Bears or anything right. that he couldn't complete passes in that second half of that game when they had a big lead. So, do you really trust him in these big games? But I will say this: Derrick Henry, your odds-on favorite to both lead the league in rushing and rushing touchdowns. And I know when we were talking about those fantasy leagues I was in, the big money fantasy leagues up uh, up north, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, he was going first round in all those leagues. Is it because he's the best back? Eh, but he's probably going to lead the league. And the, our friends in the desert also say, lead the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Man, they have taken a hit on the offensive line this year. They lose their right tackle, and he was pretty solid, especially in the run game. Everybody knows that Tennessee wants to run the football. The question is, are they good enough to do it when everybody knows that's what they want to do? Now, they did last year, yes, but you've got to assume that teams are going to be better prepared, especially in the division for it this year. And I just, to me, I don't. I think Henry will underperform. That doesn't mean he's going to be bad, but I think he'll underperform, and Tannehill will definitely not be the answer in Tennessee either. You talked about Kansas City, so let's look to the West. Denver, Kansas City, the Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Got to say that slowly to make sure I say it correctly. And uh, so here we are, Denver, KC, the Chargers, and Vegas. Who do you like in the West for over or under? Oh, here's one I really like now. What... You ever heard of the uh, Patrick Ewing theory? Yeah. When a star who's been there for years leaves town, and all of a sudden they actually come around, and they're a better team without him. Yep. I look at the Chargers. They've had Phillip Rivers for seemingly forever. He had how many kids out there? God knows how many kids his poor wife had to give birth to over the years. Now he's gone after, what, 15, 16 years out there. Same coach, Anthony Lynn. Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert's your new quarterback. They've got all kinds of things. They went 5-11 and 11 last year, both against the point spread and straight up. However, no team lost more games in the NFL last year by a touchdown or less. <laughs> so I look at this team, Melvin Gordon's gone. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers is gone. Now they're in a new stadium, too. So you look at this team, a whole new day, maybe the, all the little curse of losing all these close games when Phillip Rivers couldn't manage a clock late in the game. Maybe all those days are over. Now you have a whole new attitude. And this is a decent team. It's not like they were terrible. They were in games against every team in the league last year, from the worst to the best. Chargers over 7.5, one of my favorite plays to go over the window. I don't have them over, but I, I hear what you're saying, and now you've got, at least got me thinking about it. Austin Eckler's a great running back. Yes. And even with Gordon gone, Eckler was the better back last year. And uh, they've got talent at receiver and tight end as well. They got better at offensive line this year, which is they were horrible at offensive line last year. I don't trust Tyrod Taylor, though. That's really where it comes in for me. I don't think he's he's at the level anymore, where even where he was at Buffalo, to carry a team. And I don't know how long. And I think they really, really want him to play the entire season. Uh, I don't think uh, Ebert, uh Herbert is ready to go for this year yet. But uh, they would be a team I, I'm all for them. I think I like their coach. I like what they do as a whole. Their defense is spectacular, even though they lost the safety again for the year. Uh, but they've got some great pass rushers and things going on out there. I definitely see that happen. John Gruden in Vegas didn't turn out so great before. The rumors were always, well, him and Carr don't get along, although that's been debunked by players. But nonetheless, 
Uh, what do you think about the Raiders moving to Vegas, uh, uh, your favorite city in the world? And uh, now Derek Carr, the leader leader in the clubhouse right now, uh, quarterback Mariota injured. Uh, so he, he won't even be around to take the job, at least at the beginning of the season. And uh, what do you think about Vegas this year? That's a good question. How long before Mariota starts? Because you know he will. Gruden's going to turn to him before this year's over. I can promise you that. It's just a matter of when Mariota will be healthy and Carr will be mediocre enough in Gruden's eyes, maybe not the real world's eyes, but in Gruden's eyes, for Mariota to take over. This is not, they're at seven and a half. I don't see them getting to seven and a half. I see them going under. I don't, and it's a shame there'll be no fans in the new Vegas stadium because mm-hmm. that thing apparently is out, out, off the charts awesome. But yeah, this is a team, and you look at teams that have relocated in the past. This is what we look up on the bottom line. Teams that have relocated in the past. No team has ever won more than nine games in a season. Anybody that's switched cities. Now, it hasn't been a whole huge laundry list. But still, <laughs> teams that have changed stadiums, changed locations, and all that. Nine is the highest point, is the whole, highest win total. But I look at the Raiders. Lynn Bowden, who is Mr. <laughs> Kentucky Wildcat, they traded him for a box of magic beans last week. Well, they did. That was really that whole thing is weird. It and is we're weird. Wait and learn a little bit more about what happened there, because um, they seem so excited about drafting them. Uh huh. And they get what a fourth round pick for them, I think, and they spend a third round pick. Uh huh. They got back uh, less than they gave up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. But let me ask you this, because I've heard you say many times in talking about hockey games, the Vegas flu. Vegas flu. Well, it doesn't work as well in football because it's a, it's a different sport. The Vegas flu theory is something that the hockey team, the, the Golden Knights, when a team would come to town and, and people that ran these uh, hotels, they'd see the hotel, the, the teams, and then these teams would go out the night before the game. And all of a sudden, well, people would go to the sports books. Hey, man, I saw this hockey team. They were out till five o'clock in the morning partying. <laughs> How do you expect them? You know, they're you know a bender. How do you expect them twelve hours from now to get on the ice and, and have a hockey game? Then they go. All of a sudden, you look up the scoreboard. Before you know it, they're losing six to one. The first season <laughs> was unbelievable in how the Vegas flu worked worked for the Golden Knights. Now, other teams caught on to this. And then they kind of said, okay, well, maybe you can't go out the night before a game. Well, we'll stay an extra night in town. Then you can go out the night after the game. They kind of changed things once they saw the Golden Knights, the first year of the franchise, were having one of the best seasons in the history of the league at home. How did that happen? The Vegas flu. But, yeah, that, that, that's not going to work for football, especially this year with all the virus going around. Yeah, they, yeah, they, These teams, they are so closed down, especially nights before the games. Yeah, these these guys aren't going to, you know. Do you see uh, Tom Brady coming to town and then going out the night before and sitting at the blackjack table all night? Maybe not. <laughs> well, with Bruce Arians as his coach, he just might. There you, <laughs> you never there you know. Go. All right, and then Denver, they've got Drew Locke at quarterback. I uh, heard Terrell Davis say this week he thinks that Drew Locke is the quarterback of the future for Denver, loves what he's seeing out of him. What do you uh, think Terrell Davis is going to say? He's terrible? Of course he's going to say he's the best he's ever seen. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've got him at two wins this year. Two! And, and Vic Fangio hitting the road in Denver being gone. Well, two is a little off my map. I'll give you credit for that one. The number is seven and a half, so basically I should just walk up to Indiana because it's going to be worth it because you've got such a blowout that they'll never catch up. Denver, their offensive line is having problems because they've lost both their tackles now. Do you trust Drew Locke? I didn't trust him in Missouri. How could I trust him with the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I don't think I would go over, but I don't like that number seven and a half either. All right, second-year quarterbacks. Would you rather have Drew Locke or or uh, Hoskins? Drew Locke. 
But that's the if, here's your pizza pizza money prop of the day. Okay. Um, pizza money prop of the day, Ben Stover. Who will lead the league in interceptions? You oh. hear it right. You can hear it right now. And see, it's very tricky because who's a quarterback that the team has a lot invested in, so they'll let him stay out there if he throws a lot of interceptions. So it's got to be a young guy, Drew Locke, Hoskins, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, those are like one-two on my list on who's going to throw the most interceptions <laughs> this year because they're both young. Yeah. They both they really don't have anybody behind them. You can say Alex Smith or Washington all you want. I don't really no, think he's no, going no. to play, but it's going to be Haskins. It's going to be Locke. I'll take Haskins to lead the league in interceptions right now. But if I had to pick a runner-up, it would be Drew Locke. And I think you could throw Gardner Minshew in that conversation as well because they're not pulling him out. They want him to throw interceptions. Well, they, and, if he does, and if he throws too many touchdowns, they'll put him on the bench for some reason. Yes, because they're trying to get <laughs> that. Right. They're trying to get it. It's uh, we're going to stink for Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Yeah, and they've got nobody behind him. Their six round draft pick is the backup. They cut Josh Dobbs. They cut um, Glennon, Mike Glennon as well. It's ridiculous. All right, NFC East. Dallas, Philadelphia, the New York Giants, and the just-mentioned Washington football team uh, as well there. I love what Dallas did in the offseason. I like them a lot this year. Uh, what do you think about the NFC East? I'm get a, I get a feeling that you're going over with Dallas, so you're part of the, the America's bandwagon that's on the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. But I do have a team, and we mentioned it earlier, almost foreshadowed it, yep. the New York Giants sitting at five and a half. I've got a new coach. I've got a young quarterback. I've got the, maybe quite possibly the best running back in the league. Yep. They went out and drafted an offensive lineman to take care of their quarterback. I like what they did this season. And one of my most despised people in sports, Eli Manning, is gone. <laughs> so another another Patrick Ewing theory, addition by subtraction, we get rid of Eli. Now we have one of the most talented wide receiver cores in the league, too. Now they're not outstanding, but they have a lot of solid guys there, the Golden Tates of the world. Give me the Giants to go over five and a half with a good running game and a new new coach. And let's see, let's take our chances. This team might go seven and nine this year. Yeah, I like the Giants this year at eight wins. Uh, so I got the over there as well. Dallas falls into my category of new coach, offensive minded. And uh, so the first year that they're there is going to be their most successful year. Um, I wouldn't put money on them just because the line's high for Dallas. Um, but I've got them at 11 wins. Philadelphia, i got to ride in that same area as well. And then the Washington football team, I have them fighting for the number one overall draft pick this year um, also. Although I love Ron Rivera. I love what the coaching staff they brought in is really, really solid in Washington. But it's going to take some time to get some talent. They just don't have guys. Yeah, right. They just don't have guys. Yeah. Uh, McLaurin is great at wide receiver. Uh, if Haskins can put it together, then then you're looking at five wins this year. But I don't trust Haskins. Um, uh, at all. He will lead the league in interceptions. You heard it here first, Vince right. Stover. We've got go, it. Go call the desert right now. <laughs> We've got it marked down. NFC North, my least unbiased, uh, um, uh, my most biased division that I talk about. Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota. Uh, what do you got going on in the NFC North? Another tough one. I'm going to talk about Green Bay for a minute. 13-3 last year. If they were so good, how come they're only nine now? Yeah, they didn't play like a 13 and They didn't team. lose their coach. They didn't lose the quarterback. Why have they gone from a 13-win team on the field and now in Vegas they're 9-win team? Why is that, Vince Stover? I would assume they like the rest of the division better. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think, would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Would you rather have uh, Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Are you sure about that? I am very sure. At I would, this, at this I, point? A ticked-off Aaron Rodgers? Yes. 
Yes. Would you rather have Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky or, or Aaron Rodgers? Take uh, Nick Foles. No, uh, Rodgers for sure. Well, there you go. So why is, are people so down on Green Bay when they have their defending champions of the NFC North? Mm-hmm. They have the same quarterback. And every other quarterback in the division compared to Rodgers, you say, can't even compare. Why is this number nine? That when I smell something, where there's smoke, there's a fire, especially when it's coming from the desert. There's a reason why this number is nine. Not because they're trying to get, everybody's trying to, you know, put all their money on the under. This, the, our friends in the desert also see the same thing some of us are seeing too. This team got, I don't want to say they got lucky last year, but they were fortunate in winning a lot of close games. They really had no business winning. Definitely, yeah. And Green Bay this year is in a really interesting spot because you, it, it, last year it was pitted LaFleur versus Rodgers, and I don't think that's the, the situation. I think it's more Mark Murphy versus Rodgers, the guy running the player personnel and things like that. But this year, if they don't get on board and get on board quickly – there's going to be some major, major problems in there. I don't know that Jordan Love ever sees the field in Green Bay. And we just heard today, as of this taping, Jordan Love is the third-team quarterback uh, behind a guy who played at Eastern Kentucky University. Now, how did that happen? Why was that such a great draft day trade, Vince Dover? (laughs) These are your Packers. you got a little certificate on your wall that says you're a part owner of the Packers. How can you justify making that draft pick for Justin Love? Or Jordan Love, excuse me. Jordan Love, I've I've never justified it. I I don't think it's surprising to me, at least it's not. The way the Packers organization set up, Boyle's been there, knows the system, and he's he really has had a good camp. But uh, I think if they if Rodgers were to do something, get hurt where he was going to be gone for the rest of the season, early in the season, Jordan Love would play more games than Tim Boyle would. But as it sits the depth chart, it, uh, man, so much of it's probably mind games, <laughs> trying to make Rodgers feel better and all that stuff. Speaking of, of mind games, what do you think the Bears are doing with Trubisky? Oh, my goodness. You don't think that's a mind game? Why, you know why they're, they're starting Trubisky? They've already said, hey, we have an option for your fifth year. We're not using your option. Right. You're already gone. But the thing is, if they don't let him start at the beginning of the year, he mentally checks out. Oh, yeah. He is done. He's like, why don't you just cut me? I'm just going to go to these meetings and wear flip-flops every day, and I'm just going to try to you know, sabotage the whole team. The players know this, too. Mm-hmm. The players know that they've got a better quarterback on the bench who's won a Super Bowl than Mitch Trubisky, MVP Mitch from last year, <laughs> who literally everybody and their mother was betting to win the MVP out in the desert last year. It was a joke. That's how he got the nickname MVP Mitch. But how, if you're a player on that team, how do you feel, Fitz Stover, if your coaches have said, okay, we've got a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but we're not going to play him. We're going to play Mitch Trubisky, who has not done anything to prove himself to this franchise. Yeah, and I mean, I would argue Foles hasn't done anything outside of Philly um, in the other places that he's been either. He couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew last year in Jacksonville. And so I'd argue, I'm not sure that everybody would be super confident that Foles is going to come in and tear it up. Now, would you say, is he better than Mitch? Most people would assume so, but that doesn't mean that they would still be successful with Nick Foles at quarterback. We as men, we do not like to admit when we're wrong. Yeah. And when the general manager of the Bears is still insinuating that Mitch Trubisky is an NFL starter at quarterback yeah. because he traded quite a bit to move up to number two yeah. to pick Mitch Trubisky. By the way, could have had Patrick Mahomes, could have had Deshaun Watson, could have had a lot of other starters in the NFL. But no, we're going to ride or die with Mitchell Trubisky because me, the journal manager, can't admit that I made a mistake. Yeah. Yes. 
Sometimes in life, you, you're much better off if you can admit you made a mistake. The Bears did with Trubisky. The sooner they moved on, the better off they'd be. But, yeah, you well, see what happens. And there. you're coming into a draft that's going to have three quarterbacks that everybody's talking about between uh, um, Lawrence at Clemson, you've got the Ohio State quarterback, Fields, mm-hmm. and then you've got the North Dakota State guy that everybody's raving about as well. So if Mitch Trubisky comes in and gets them a top three draft pick, then you know they're moving on, obviously, from him. He's going to have to make the playoffs, I think. Otherwise, they're moving on from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Minnesota team, I've never trusted Kirk Cousins as a guy that's going to win championships. He's not a bad quarterback. He's probably an above-average quarterback. Uh, Minnesota, I think Minnesota might be in for a coaching change at the end of this season as well. Ooh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I, they've underachieved too much. And, I mean, when they went, when they beat New Orleans in the playoffs, it was out of pure luck. <laughs> <laughs> they they overcame that game uh, there, and I think Minnesota might be. I've got them at eight wins. They might be uh, if they're an average team this year. They might be looking to move on to somebody else next year. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I just, Zimmer, for my money, he's one of the best ten coaches in the league, and he's a coach wow. that I he's a coach that I don't like. And the numbers prove me right when you look at the point spread out in Vegas. Zimmer is a guy that I try not to bet against, especially when they're playing at home. He's, you know, yeah, I don't think Zimmer is going to be. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. In his career against the spread, Mike Zimmer, 77, 43, and 1. That's 64%. That's as good as any coach in the league. When you have a coach that hits 64%, yeah, that's, that's a good way to lose some jelly beans pretty quick if you go against him every week. Zimmer's a guy, if, I, if he gets fired and I have a borderline team, yeah, I'm getting him immediately. I'm trying to count right now, looking as you say top ten. I'm looking at the teams. I'm going, well, hmm. <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. So I look yeah. at these guys by the point spread. You know, Belichick's a guy. Here's a, a name that's going to surprise you. Mike McCarthy. He has a great record against the point spread. Now, is a, a lot of that because of Aaron Rodgers? Probably. But still, as a coach, his point spread record regular season was always very good. Well, I've got nothing against Mike McCarthy. It was time for him to well, go in should. Green Bay. But, you know. I remember a Seattle playoff game one year. You should really yes. have something against yeah. Mike McCarthy. But I digress. I don't want to get your blood pressure up. <laughs> All right. The South, NFC South, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. This is the talk of the town this year. New Orleans, Tampa Bay should be neck and neck. What do you, You've talked about Carolina a little bit. Uh, what do you like or dislike about the NFC South? Big fan of Carolina going over this year. Uh, I mentioned that earlier. Um, yeah, new coach, new quarterback. Everything's new. That's I like Carolina. D- Tampa Bay, obviously. There's more. Uh, the desert has more bets on Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl than any other team. So obviously the public has jumped in on the Tampa Bay bandwagon. So if they are so good, how come their win total is only nine? And some others are much higher than nine. But still, if they were such a great pick, that line, that number would be higher than nine. Mainly because the last few years they haven't been very good. But I look at Bruce Arians, and this is one of my pizza money prop picks. Tom Brady to lead the league in passing yards. He's 10 to 1. He's the fifth pick on the board. I'll take some of that pizza money prop action. Tom Brady to lead the league in passing yards. I look at Bruce Arians, the quarterbacks he's had in the past. Obviously with the Colts. He went to Arizona, made Carson Palmer, very productive quarterback in his mid to late 30s. 
comes to Tampa, made Jameis Winston a decent fan- fantasy quarterback, if mm-hmm. you don't count interceptions. Yeah. If you, Even he, with his interceptions. Exactly. <laughs> he was putting up big yardage. Yeah. So now you get a guy like Brady. Now you've got guys on the outside, Godwin and Evans. Now you've got Gronkowski, too. You've got Fournette in the backfield. You've got weapons. Tom Brady leading the league in passing yards. Not a bad play, but I can't go but go over nine wins or under nine wins. So that's just a number that really stinks to me. We talked about the Chargers last year being one-possession games. Tampa was pretty close with that as well. Jameis lost a lot of games in the fourth quarter by throwing a pick six. Um, and and so you have to assume that Tampa is going to win more of those games this year with Tom Brady. He does have, as you mentioned, lots of talent around him. I don't know what Gronk is going to be this year, but he's also not only Gronk. He's got O.J. Howard. He's got Cameron Brait, who have had some success as well. And uh, the offensive line has gotten a little better in Tampa also. The defense is actually really good in Tampa. Uh, and so they've got a team, but they're in a division against New Orleans. And New Orleans is no slouch when it comes to putting up points and winning football games. To no surprise, they led the league in turnovers last year. Yeah. Jameis yeah. Winston, probably the reason why. <laughs> he is the 30-30 man, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You know, the first 30-30 man in NFL history. But, yeah, so you look at a team that had all those turnovers. Let's just put them at normal, mediocre number as far as turnovers. That, they almost become a winning team if you do that. Now insert Tom Brady. Yeah, this is a team... I think it goes. I think you have potential to win the whole thing, but still, at nine, I can't go. I I don't. I can't put my money on them winning ten. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and the Super Bowl. You're talking about Super Bowl numbers. Super Bowl's in Tampa this year, and you just don't get a home team hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. Has that ever happened? I don't think it has. No. No. So that alone would tell you. Well, but. I've heard you say before, I do not bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now they're separated. So the question I have is, do you bet against Bill Belichick now or Tom Brady now? There are three quarterbacks. That's a good question, Vince Stover. That's why you're the head of the Sports Stove podcast. There are three quarterbacks I refuse to go against. I will not go against Tom Brady. I will not go against Aaron Rodgers. I will not go against Drew Brees. All three of those quarterbacks have hit over 55%. Tom Brady's hit 61% in his career against the spread. Now, if I go against those guys, I really have to have mitigating circumstances to go against them. But obviously, they have you know cashed a lot of tickets over the years, those three quarterbacks. So there is no way I go against Brady, Rodgers, or Breeze under any circumstance, because doing so in your in their careers has cost you a lot of jelly beans, <laughs> if you know what I mean. All right. Now, you're not a fan of any team, but Atlanta is a team you know a lot about. Are they going to be the first half uh, Atlanta team from last year or the second half Atlanta team from last year? You want a coach in trouble? <laughs> it's Dan Quinn of Atlanta. I yep. mean, nothing has gone right for this team since the 28 to 3 lead against New England. Yeah. Seemingly I think it's 4 years ago now. Has it been that long? I think I so. I think so. Yeah, I, Julio Jones is getting older. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan is getting older. Did they bring in enough people to they've been 7 and 9 three straight years. Well, two straight years. If they do it this year it'll be a third straight year. I don't think that would surprise me at all. I think this whole franchise gets reshuffled after this year. I think they go under the seven and a half. Not one that I like to play because that number's too low. Yeah. If that number was eight or eight eight and a half, especially, I'd definitely go under it. But they just this is a franchise that's just stuck in a holding pattern, and it's just a shame because when they had 
Shanahan, at offensive coordinator, and Matt Ryan, the MVP of the league. Yeah. That seems like a long time ago. It does, and they make a change at running back, bringing in Gurley this year. We have no idea how healthy Gurley is. I heard um, uh, Tony Baselli talking this week, and he mentioned the fact that when Gurley was in L.A., he was sitting on the bench during the game, and he said it it's, has, had more to do than just injuries. There was something else going on in L.A. between Gurley and the coaching staff or whatever was going on there. And so he, you know, his deal was he thinks Gurley could have a decent season. I would assume he's looking at getting 15 to 20 carries a game and can still be productive in that range. We've got to guess that health-wise he can't just carry the load by himself. Ryan is always one of those quarterbacks, if you play fantasy football, he's one of those quarterbacks you don't draft because you're tired of him, but he always still produces, at least in the stat category. But the last couple of years, they have not been a winning football team. Even though they have some talent, there's a lot of question marks. And when you've got New Orleans and Tampa, that it should be really good this year. Carolina shouldn't be a pushover. It's going to be a hard season for Atlanta, uh, especially when you're talking about making the playoffs and making a run. Question for you. Matt Ryan, Hall of Famer? Good question. Boy, that's a great question. Who's better? Who would you rather have? Eli Manning, Matt Ryan. That makes Man. you think. Those are questions, Vince Stover. <laughs> See, if you're talking Hall of Fame, you go, oh, Eli Manning. Just Cause, certainly, because he's got he the rings. Because he two. Yeah. I mean, the magic number of two. Yeah. But who would you – if you're starting franchise today, knew their entire careers, yeah. who would you start with? Would you start with Probably Ryan, Ryan yeah. It's, that's a very And had he question. won that Super Bowl, then sure, yeah, Hall of Fame, no when doubt. When he retires, Matt Ryan's going to be top ten in every major passing category yeah. there is. It's gonna, he's not, he's gonna be higher than top 10. He's gonna be solid in the top 10. He's gonna be in that Philip Rivers conversation. I think Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Ryan, though, it might have to go, go back and look at the stats and realize, oh wow, he really was. He's one of those guys. (laughs) Yes. He's gonna be one of those guys. He's the modern day Ken Anderson. Yeah. Ken Anderson had a lot of good years in the 70s and won an MVP in 81, but you never think of him as one of the best quarterbacks, but you go back and look at his numbers. He is through the roof in terms of analytics and his numbers, yes. And you look at the argument for him, too, comparing him to Phillip Rivers. People give Rivers all the credit in San Diego, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. whereas in Atlanta they kind of go lean towards, well, Julio Jones is a beast and no one's better or whatever. Oh, Ryan doesn't doing this before Julio Jones is there, though. Yeah. But Ryan doesn't get the credit that Rivers gets because of Julio Jones in, in, in on the team. Um, that's a great question. I look at guys, you know, Jim Kelly made the Hall of Fame pretty yeah. early. Yeah. And you could say, well, four Super Bowls, whatever. Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame. Warren <laughs> Moon is in the Hall of Fame. If guys like that can make the Hall of Fame, a guy like Matt Ryan can make the Hall of Fame. But, it, you know, it's like anything else. It all depends on who you are in life. Matt Ryan probably has to make another Super Bowl just to be considered. And that's, yeah. the, that's the shame because when he retires, he's going to be so statistically just off the world good. Yeah. And it depends on when he retires, too, because yeah. you've got some of these guys that are playing longer than him, or you know, if he retires around the same time as as another quarterback that's had a good career. Sports talk cliche. He'll be on the Mount Rushmore of quarter, best quarterbacks, not in the Hall no. of Fame. There you go. There's your Mount Rushmore middle of June show topic, Vince Stover. Yes. All right, the NFC West. I like the division for now the most part. Now we're talking. I love this one. Yes, Arizona. Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco, and Seattle. Tell me what you like. We talked about Arizona earlier. They're one of my favorites. The Kyler Murray factor, DeAndre Hopkins. And they have a huge offense, You know, average over 22 points a game last year. Love them, but I also love the fact that you've got two teams on the way down. You've got the Rams. 
Eight and a half. I like them to go under. Everything they've done since the Super Bowl when Belichick exposed them as the fraud that they are, <laughs> every move they've made off the field has been a bad move. From Gurley to Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback, to everything they've done, they've made matters worse. Sean McVay, the, the glow is off his, his aura, so to speak. So that's a team, the Rams, who are in salary cap dungeons right now yes so i look at and them. draft picks too they don't yes. have any draft picks so i don't see this as a team that's going to get over eight and a half wins you're telling me nine to seven yeah i'll go against that and another team this might be my favorite under total of the whole league the seattle seahawks who won more close games last year than the seahawks they won 11 games last year by a touchdown or less wow so it's by they outscore their opponents by less than seven 11 times last year. That's Nobody has done that in 28 years. You think, are the football gods going to shine upon the Seattle Seahawks again this year like that? Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. But if are you asking me that he's going to win double-digit, single-touchdown games again? Yeah, eventually you start losing those games. Kind of like in baseball when you see one team one year have a ton of one-run wins one year. The next year... Regression to the mean, they always come back to the pack. This is definitely my favorite under total of the whole year. Nine and a half under on the Seattle Seahawks. I don't care if Russell Wilson has his best year. I don't see the Seahawks winning. you got to beat 10 to beat me. I'll take that under. San Francisco, uh, I see they have a high number. They're their returning NFC champions. They were basically a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. But that's what everybody remembers, Vince. Everybody remembers that fourth quarter. Yeah. When the 49ers had the game and they couldn't trust, their coach didn't trust their play calling, didn't trust Garoppolo, and the Chiefs were right down the field on them, especially when Shanahan just did, for the second Super Bowl in his career, just like the, the <laughs> Falcons 28-3, to yeah. stopped running the football. Yeah. yeah, San Francisco, I've got them dropping. Um, I've got Seattle still being relatively good. I've got them over 9.5, but I wouldn't put money on that. Um, Arizona's the team that's going to make a run. I got the Rams being horrible this year. I mean, yeah. horrible. Would you rather have Jared Goff or Derek Carr as your quarterback? True, that's a good question. <laughs> Can I take uh, first round draft pick for next year? I'll take if you just give me a first round. It could be anywhere. Could be Fields. Could be Lawrence. Could be anybody. I'll take my chances. Uh, no, I especially with as much money as both those guys are making. Yeah, they but, both have huge contracts. Yeah, yeah. I don't want either one. Of them. I'd take Carr over Goff. Like, Goff to me has not proven. He had one good season or one decent season. He hasn't been a horrible, but he's not been. He definitely hasn't lived up to his contract. And Sean McVay was the the greatest offensive mind of all time not too long ago. And suddenly it's well, no, you know, it, he's not. <laughs> and the question is, how many? And they're not going to fire him at the end of the season. But how many more seasons does McVay have to prove that he is? You're a great already trying to run mind? him out of town. Well, he just I mean, made the Super Bowl the, last uh, two years ago. Most teams aren't very patient. Cincinnati is. Atlanta has been. Most teams are not. And uh, I just wonder how many seasons he can go with losing records before well, they make change. It's also public perception, too. Yes. It's also how can you fire a coach that just won the Super Bowl or just lost the Super Bowl and had a 28-3 to lead? How can you fire that coach now? Yeah, and it's all ownership has a lot to do with it too. You look at a guy in Atlanta, Arthur Blank, who's as loyal and nice a man as you'll find in ownership in the NFL, as loyal as anybody too. But, you know, Bobby Petrino, he gave Bobby Petrino a chance. That's yeah. you know, that tells you everything you need to know about him. <laughs> but yeah, with the Rams, 
How long do you stick with McVay? Yeah, it, it, he just lost the Super Bowl, but yet Vince Stover's already trying to run him out of town. I mean, he's going to have to prove himself wise because <laughs> they don't those, have anything to work with. This is my favorite division in terms of these win totals. Over on Arizona, under on the Rams and the Seahawks. I, those are, if you told me one division that I could focus on, that would be the one division to go with. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo, is he the modern-day Alex Smith? No, because he's got, he's got a better offensive coach. And you could sit there and say, well, Alex Smith had Harbaugh, and then he had uh, Andy Reid or whatever. But, I mean, Garoppolo's better than Alex Smith, I think. Okay. I, I've always I've always thought that. And I think you're going to find Garoppolo – I mean, he's still 21-5 and five as a starter. Yeah. And now, he's uh, granted, he's played on some good teams – but I mean, two years, three years ago, when he got uh, when he played at the very end of the year, the San Francisco 49ers were not exactly you know any You're great right. shakes, and then yep. he won the last five games, and all of a sudden Jimmy G is just the greatest thing ever, and dating porn stars or whatever, <laughs> and that's that's why yeah exactly that's another you might want to cut that. Stay little chico pitbull, Mr. Three Hundred Five, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, from negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, but yeah, but it, it, sure he was. But um, yeah, I look at Garoppolo. Can he get this team to another Super Bowl? Yes, because you've got a, a good team around him, and you've got a coach who I think is as good a coach as any in the league. All right, give me your AFC and NFC picks. Do you have to ask me that right now? <laughs> See, everybody I'm, gets a buy this year because COVID could ruin everything. I mean, COVID takes out one quarterback, then you know that changed everything. You could go, oh well, COVID ruined it, so it didn't matter. <laughs> anybody can take the favorites. You know, it's like when you're yeah. like when the Derby was Saturday. Everybody's telling me, "Tis the law, tis the law." Well, he goes off as a three to five favorite. Are you really telling me that you're a smart guy if you t- say that it's tis the law going to win the Derby? No, even if you win, what do you really win? Not a whole lot. I can't sit here and say that I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are repeat, even though they had the best quarterback in the league. Do I think it's going to be the Ravens with Lamar Jackson? Who do we we didn't talk about very much? Who, if you were picking a quarterback right now, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, who do you take? I take Mahomes. I do too. But for one season, who do you take? For this season. I mean, last year, Jackson was a better quarterback. Yeah, and it goes back to system too. Yes. I mean, if you can have him in their current system, one, I mean, to me, Mahomes might be transcendent as far as greatest quarterback of all time potential uh, in what he's doing. He seems to be, have all the talent in the world. And he's not just a you know in concrete in the in the backfield either. He can move. I'd still take take Mahomes personally. You think so, huh? Yeah. What if I said uh, What if I said the Packers are going to make the Super Bowl? What would you say? I think they have the top four team in the NFC. That was a test, <laughs> Vince Stover. There's no way I'm taking the Packers to win the Super Bowl. That was a test to see where you were right now, or was it a stall tactic on my part while I figure out who I'm trying to make the Super Bowl? Do, finally, do, do, do. finally, it's the Saints here. 
The Saints are going to play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and the Saints come out on top. Do I believe that with everything I have? No. Would I put money on that? No. But if you're asking me to make a Super Bowl pick right now, Drew Brees, although he got into a little uh, racial trouble back a couple months ago, and his own teammates were ready to get rid of him, I think he's, you know, I think they've swelled that over, so to speak. He's got the best receiver in the league, Michael Thomas. He's arguably got the best running back in the league when healthy, Alvin Kamara. They've been there before. They've been close the last two of the three of the the last three years. Heartbreaking they've, losses. All three yeah. years. Heartbreaking yeah. losses between that long pay, pass in Minnesota and the play last year. They should have won one of those. I think the football gods come back to the Saints this year, <laughs> and they reward them for the last three years of getting close. How many, Saints over Ravens for the Super Bowl. How many quarterbacks right off in the sunset? John Elway. Mm, uh, <laughs> that's it. Drew Brees is done after this year. Now, he hasn't said that. That's just a guess, and it's just an opinion. But he's already got a job lined up. They've got a quarterback behind them and Jameis Winston that I think is ready to take over after this year. You think that the Saints and and, and Sean Payton, that he's going to trust Jameis Winston? Who who are they going to get that's better than Jameis Winston? Taysom no, Hill is going to be their quarterback. No. Now, I'm just telling you. No. If, if Drew Brees, heaven forbid, goes down today, who's going to be the week one starter? It's not going to be Jameis Taysom Winston. Hill, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. But, I mean, he's 31 years old, and I, I, how many passes he's throwing in the NFL? A dozen? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He comes in a quarterback. You're not expecting Dan Fouts coming in back there. Correct. You're some kind of wildcat, some kind of trickery. Yeah. So, yes. So, if you want him to be your quarterback, good luck. I'm just thinking Drew Brees has one good year left. This is it. He's, you know, I, we talked about the racial stuff that happened and that's the thing I've looked at in college football. Who has handled the virus the best? Who has handled the, the Black Lives Matter movements the best? The teams that have not, the Iowas, the Oklahoma States in the world, those are teams I don't want to be on this year. The Saints, I think, have gotten over it because they're professionals. They're not kids. And, yeah, it's the, it's the Saints' year, at least the karma police, and the football guys, and Drew Brees pulls a John Elway and goes into Rides the broadcast. off in the sunset. Yes. I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people picking Kansas City uh, or Baltimore in the AFC. Kansas City is set up uh, to do what only New England has done recently and come back and repeat. And they've got they got better at running back, ideally, with, with a rookie. Now that's Everybody's saying they've gotten better there, but we still have to see it happen. They've got great receiving talent. I love Andy Reid as well. I think this is Dallas's year in the NFC. I think they are incredibly dangerous. They have all kinds of talent on offense. Uh, so I think Dallas has a chance this year to make a run in the NFC. I like Den- uh, Kansas City. I like Baltimore in the AFC. Um, I'll go in with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And so Ooh. I've got Dallas and Indianapolis. Wow. Now, in that's Super what I call. That's what I I was expecting uh Niners versus Chiefs out of you, but <laughs> apparently not. No, I don't know. Definitely not that. I've got uh some you know, I think Arizona's making the playoffs this year. I think the Giants could push for the playoffs this year, but at the end of the day, I think Dallas has the talent. They've had the talent for a couple of years now and haven't been able to put it together. And so I think Dallas has has this is the year for them. Uh, before things start to change a little bit for them as well. And then Indianapolis, 
they again they just have they have a complete team defense and offense. Kansas City they got better at defense last year, but they don't have a great defense. Baltimore they're just kind of I don't know if Hardball can get over and get back to that point again. He, you know he won it with Flacco, but it's just a different kind of offense. Can that offense actually make it to the Super Bowl? Is the question. Other than Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, which quarterback would you rather have the entire league for this year? One year. Um, probably Deshaun Watson. He's up there. But when you say Dallas, would it be Dak Prescott? I think Dak is good enough to get to the Super Bowl. I would put him probably in the top six or seven quarterbacks. If you're Dallas, do you sign him long-term? Huge oh, you contract? have to. Yeah. I don't know what, what they're waiting on. Um, and as of this podcast recording, he's not been signed yet. And I just I don't know what they're waiting on. Um, and I know they've tried to get other guys signed and things like that, but... I mean, Dak is better. He's better than Wentz, I think, in the East. Oh yeah. Um, he's he's better than most of the North. I don't think he's better than Rodgers at this point, at least. He's not better than Breeze and Brady at this point. Um, is he better than Kyler Murray? I think for this year, for where he's at, I think if you look at his production this year, he's going to have over four thousand yards. He's going to have t- mid twenties touchdowns. He's as good as any quarterback outside of Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, for this year. He's as good as anybody. Yeah, and he's got the talent to throw it to. Yep. He's got a good offensive line still in front of him. Um, I'm, I'm in no ways a Dallas fan, but I think they've got a great team this year. If you're drafting quarterbacks, he is obviously other than Jackson and Mahomes, he is in the he's in the mentions yeah. for the third best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, yeah I think especially talking about the young quarterbacks. He's definitely. I, yes. I'd still put Watson over him as well, but he's in that. He's in that conversation. So you were. Were you a when you were a kid? You were a Dallas fan. <laughs> no, not, no, they were close. You weren't Jimmy no. Johnson. How about them Cowboys? No, you weren't like me, Roger Staubach, my uh, you know American <laughs> hero, Roger Staubach. No, no, no. I grew up cheering against the teams everybody else was cheering for. Oh, so you're I was one of those guys. I was against huh? the Cowboys. I was against the Bulls. I was against the Braves. Against the Braves. Yeah. You get out of this room right now. <laughs> hey, this is my podcast. Well, well, let me get out of this room right now. This is terrible. I, if I had known that, I'd never be on this show. You uh, watch your mouth. It's funny that the older I get, the more I like look back on those Braves teams. Yes. John Smoltz, especially. Real, all the conversations I hear with him, I just love. We're getting into baseball now. but um, I moved to Atlanta in 1990. Yeah. And they became great in 1991. That, <laughs> so I, I saw it from the start all the way up and then I became a season ticket holder at one point. So, yes. <laughs> all right. So we're coming into the NFL season. The last thing I've got is coaches getting fired at the end of this season. How many? You don't have to give me the specific teams necessarily. Uh, but I've got five teams. Okay, let's hear yours. Uh, Chicago. I think if Nagy uh, does not not win, let's say seven games, I think Nagy's out. Uh, Denver, Fangio. If he can't pull together a decent season, I think he's out. Detroit. They almost fired him uh, going into this season, but they're giving him a chance with a healthy Matt Stafford. Jacksonville. Everybody knows he's gone. And then I've got Cincinnati as a questionable if they can't do anything worth writing home about this year. Um, they could be looking to package somebody newer, smarter, whatever, in Cincinnati. What's the name of the Jacksonville Jaguars coach? Doug Marone. Gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can go ahead and pack his bags because you're going to have a new quarterback next year and then you're going to have a new coach as well. Yep. So, yeah, Jacksonville number one, Atlanta 1A, uh, barring a 10-win playoff run, 
Uh, Quinn is gone. I'm sorry. Those are my two, definitely. Jacksonville and Atlanta, those coaches, uh, they need miracles to stick around. Yeah. So I don't see them. I am not with you on Zimmer. I'm sorry. I can see uh, Detroit. I can see them firing their coach because yeah. he's one of those. He's like Quinn. He he probably should have gotten fired last year. Right. Yeah. Going into this season, he should have been fired, but they chose to hang on to him. So, yeah, my best bets for coaches getting fired, definitely Atlanta and Jacksonville. I don't see, barring miracles, I don't see any. But how can that brings up a good question. How do you see – a coach getting fired with everything that's going on this year. Now it's going to when the season's over, if everything plays out, it's going to look like a normal season. But really, has it been a normal season? You haven't had off-season workouts. The draft, you didn't have a preseason. You know that's what's going to be. A lot of these coaches will be able to say, "Well, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a fair chance this year." Well, that might be a reason to say maybe these guys should get another chance, but I don't see it. If you, especially if you get 16 games, these owners aren't going to think like that. Yeah, I think it'll, I mean, a lot of it depends on what the rest of the division does. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they have a bad season, and the rest of the division succeeds. Well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, but if everybody really, really struggles, and it turns out. Um, that's a question I heard asked before was who's playing catch up this year, the offense or the defense? I think it's the offense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The defense should have the advantage going in to it all. So, uh, again, I'm not a gambler. I, I do not promote gambling, but ask this question to you, um, with everything that's happened, are we looking at going under on all the games week one? Yes. And especially in the first half. And I'm glad you asked Vince <laughs> because I have a trend. Okay. So I don't know. I know a lot of your listeners don't like to to gamble, and that's okay. That's okay. I may partake a little bit legally, of course, somewhere around <laughs> it. But in the in the month of September, in the first half, we take under the total in the first half. And I even mentioned this on my show, ESPN Radio Sunday mornings, the Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, ESPN Radio thirteen hundred and ninety two point five. If the line is between twenty three and thirty one and a half in the first half, in the month of September. If you go under, you hit 160, you lose 123, that's 56.5%. You think, oh, that's not much. Well, if you've put $1 on that since 2005, right now you're up $22.34. Well, eh, maybe it's okay. (laughs) So I'm looking to go under, especially in the first half, and especially early in the season, and this first week especially. I'm going under. It's 27 Thursday night between uh, Kansas City and Houston. So that's a game. I see two big quarterbacks. Of course, they're going to light it up. Uh huh. They haven't had any practice. They haven't had any preseason games. They're going under the total. I have a very good. I've I've got a nice little investment, if you know what I mean, <laughs> in going under in a lot of these early games because let's just face it, the offenses are going to be well behind the defenses because there's been no preseason games whatsoever to talk about. Very good. Well, Brad Taylor, you've provided for something that we don't always get on this podcast, and that is some really good numbers and stats to go along with them. And I appreciate your effort into this, your research, and all your good insight. You can, if you're local, Central Kentucky, you can listen live Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. to Brad Taylor on the bottom line with Brad Taylor on ESPN Radio Lexington, 1392.5. They can follow Brad on Twitter at bottom line lex bottom line lex uh, right there he likes to he's been accused of being an instigator uh so he likes to push some buttons every now and then a troll is what my producer has <laughs> called me in the past that's neither here nor there i'm just reporting the facts i'm not making anything up 
Well, Brad, thank you very much. I always enjoy having conversations with you sports-wise, and you do. You are, like I said, the most unbiased person I know talking about sports, and I do appreciate your professionalism and uh, coming in with stats numbers to back up your opinions. Ben Stover, there's not a better guy that I know than you, and I know what you do outside. I know what you do professionally, and, and it's I have a lot of respect and admiration for what you do, and I, I wish I could do that on the outside. <laughs> and I mean that, you know, because you're a man of God, and I admire that very much. And uh, I wish I could be more like that on the outside world. And when you listen to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, just know, Vince, not only from being a man of God, he also loves his sports, and he studies this stuff, and he loves it. He has a passion for these sports, too. So appreciate this podcast because he puts so much you know, of his energy into it, and I know he has a passion for it. So that's why you're, I have no problem ever coming on this show, because of the respect I have for you in the real world and on this show. Thank you, Brad, very much. And again, Brad is uh, the guest today brought to you by RA Marketing. You can see more. And you've got a sponsor. That's right. And I interrupted your read. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Financial Advisors, uh, RA Marketing is here to help you uh, get all the guaranteed leads you can find. And so you can find out more information. Go radigital.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Stove Podcast. Uh, you know where to find us because you've already found us. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.